0: from the prophet Habakkuk chapter 1 the first four verses chapter 2 the first four verses the oracle that the prophet Habakkuk saw O Lord how long shall I cry for help and you will not listen or cry to you violence and you will not save why do you make me see wrongdoing and look at trouble destruction and violence are before me strife and contention arise so the law becomes slack and justice never prevails. The wicked surround the righteous, therefore judgment comes forth perverted. I will stand at my watch post and station myself on the rampart. I will keep watch to see what he will say to me and what he will answer concerning my complaint. Then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision, make it plain on tablets so that a runner may read it. For there is still a vision for the appointed time. It speaks of the end and does not lie. If it seems to tarry, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Look at the proud. Their spirit is not right in them, but the righteous live by their faith. This is the word of God for the people of God. was really quite startling to me as I was reading over this text early in the week, how relevant it was as the author talks about violence and seeing wrongdoing and, and observing destruction and strife and contention all around. I thought this could have come right out of the paper today or yesterday or any time for the last several weeks as we look nationally and internationally we could have seen stories using these same words that this prophet uses. But it wasn't written today or yesterday. Our best biblical scholars tell us that this letter was written from the prophet around the year 600 B.C. or B.C.E., before Christ or before the Common Era. That is some 2,006 years ago and yet it speaks to issues we still grapple with in our own lives today some people think the Bible is irrelevant but it no longer speaks to our lives I beg to differ and yet sometimes in our own behaviors even those of us in the church because of our inattention to Bible reading and Bible study, act as if it's not relevant to our lives. But I suggest this to you. The Bible is deeply relevant and provides great wisdom for us today. Now, this is a little-known book. I haven't read it a lot. I bet if I had given everybody 15 seconds and said, Find Habakkuk, most of us would fail it's very small it's easy to flip past and not even find it but it's not one we read often or refer to very much i confess i practiced the name habakkuk several times to make sure i could even get it out of my mouth it didn't make the top 10 list of most popular baby names anytime recently so we don't hear it very often But Habakkuk has something to say to us today. He is one of the 12 so-called minor prophets. That is, minor compared to the major prophets, just based on length of their work. Jeremiah we'll look at next week, one of those other prophets. He wrote a whole lot more, lots more chapters under his name, just a few in this one. And even though we refer to it as a minor prophet based on length, still... There is wisdom here for us because this prophet speaks to our time. When he writes, you find that it speaks to a universal human experience. Here again what he writes just in that first chapter in verse 2 and 3. O Lord, how long shall I cry for help and you will not listen or cry to you violence?" and you will not save why do you make me see wrongdoing and look at trouble destruction and violence are before me strife and contention arise you can hear his frustration and his angst at the situation about what's happening with his people and he wants it to change he wants god to act He is praying and begging God to move and change the circumstances of his life and those with whom he lives. But you can sense that he's been praying and contending with God for a while and God is not responding the way that he wants. Maybe you have been there at a time in your life where things were not going the way that you wanted and you began to feel like you were wearing down and you were wearing out and god did not seem to be of very much help lots of us have had that kind of experience and so as we read through chapter one he's arguing with god and continuing with god then he gets to chapter two and changes his tone just a little bit he's still waiting for god but he tells us that God does not answer him immediately. Now I find that to be a word of hope because that means I'm not the only one. When I'm wanting God to do something, when I'm hoping God will change something, it's not happening on my timeline. It's not just me. I realize people of faith from across the ages have had to wait sometimes to see God at work in their lives. I find that to be a word of encouragement also to persevere in the face of circumstances that we do not want to endure. We find our faith encouraging us to persevere, to continue on. The very first verse in the second chapter Habakkuk says he's going to do that very thing he writes I will stand at my watch post and Station myself on the rampart. I will keep watch to see what he will say to me He's talking about God. I will keep watch to see what God will say to me and what God will answer concerning my complaint Habakkuk is saying I'm going to watch for God. I'm gonna look for God I'm going to keep listening and praying, expecting God to answer. So often, when we encounter difficulties and pain in our own lives, I think we give up too soon. Too often we quit on God and think God doesn't care about us, or we quit praying about our situation, thinking God will not act. But Habakkuk gives us a different kind of model even though he's frustrated and angry with God in a sense, he says, I'm going to keep waiting. I'm going to keep looking. I'm going to keep listening because God is going to answer me. I think it is important to realize in the Bible, often the timeline is decades, if not hundreds of years long before people of faith see god's will coming to fruition you can think about abram whom god calls to be the father of this set apart people changes his name to abraham promises that that he's going to be a father of a nation so plentiful that you cannot count all of the descendants and he says you're going to have a son but abraham waits for a year And then another year, then another year, then a decade, and then another decade. Finally, Abraham and his wife Sarah are so old, they have given up. Obviously, this is not going to happen. And then what happens? Sarah becomes pregnant and has a son. And God's promise is fulfilled. And the people of faith do begin to grow. Or you could remember the Exodus. When you began to read through the last part of Genesis and into the book of Exodus, you realize that the people of faith, the Hebrew children, have been in Egypt for 400 years. That's a long time to wait for God to act. But then Moses is called, and Moses comes, and they're very excited As Moses leads them out of Egypt, and they think, some of them at least, that when they cross the border, when they cross the Red Sea, that it's all going to be wonderful. But then they become really frustrated. Remember how long they spent in the desert? Forty years before God actually leads them to the promised land. It's a very different timeline than most of us are used to. We're so eager to have things instantly. We want quick answers. We like fast food and fast this and that. But the Bible has a whole different idea of time and how God is at work in that. I thought of the early Christians. You know, it was 300 years Between the time of Christ and before the Roman emperor recognized Christianity as a valid religious practice, 300 years people praying for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven, we're still praying it today, 2,000 years later. God's timeline might be really different than ours, and Habakkuk is struggling with that but has a word of faith for us. Habakkuk reminds us and reminds his people that being people of faith means being a people of patience and perseverance. I don't think I'd really caught on to this idea until I was in seminary and was reading through one of the textbooks as they were describing God. And they said God was a power that works slowly but is finally the most effective force in reality. It doesn't always square with what we want, when we want it. Yet Habakkuk gives us an example. Habakkuk stands by with an active expectation and prayer that God will answer him, that God is going to act even though he doesn't see it at that present moment in the second verse of the second chapter after waiting we're not told for how long but obviously Habakkuk has been waiting he writes then the Lord answered me then the Lord answered me and said write the vision make it plain on tablets so that a runner may read it the answer did come Abakik had waited, and finally, he says, the answer did come. It reminded me of a story of a person who was struggling with his faith and struggling to see where God was at work in his life, and it wasn't happening quickly enough for him. There was a man that lived outside his town who was a monk who was supposedly a wise person of faith. He went out to see him, and he asked him, why are some people like you able to follow God and seek God for a lifetime? And others of a struggle to stay with it even for a short period of time. The old monk pointed to his dog laying there next to him on the ground. And he said, let me tell you about my dog. He said, one day when we were sitting here just like this enjoying the Calmness of the afternoon, all of a sudden, my dog jumped up and began to bark. I looked up. We could see a white rabbit in the distance. My dog took off after the rabbit. He was barking so much that all the dogs in the area heard him. They all jumped up, started barking, started chasing him. The rabbit went through a valley and through a creek bed and then ran up into the thicket. And quickly, once the rabbit got up into the thicket, all the other dogs quit following along. But he said, oh, my dog, oh, my dog stayed right with it. He went right after that rabbit all the way into the thicket and kept barking and chasing. He said, do you understand? The man said, I don't think I understand. He said, well, here it is. My dog had seen the rabbit. He knew there was a rabbit. All the others had Rallied because they heard the barking. Habakkuk has seen the rabbit, if you will. He's had an experience of God. He knows that God is alive and well. He just can't understand how God is at work, but he's going to wait until he sees it. He writes before we're finished there in verse 3 of the second chapter, if it seems to tarry, wait for it. If it seems to tarry, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. But we all know it's such a challenge to wait. When we have a vision or an idea and we think this is the one, when we have a timeline, even though it may be arbitrary, when we think things should happen and it doesn't, it's a challenge to wait. When we've been asking God for a while, To help us out, to change something. And it doesn't change the way we had imagined. It's a challenge for us to wait. And yet the people of faith throughout the Bible say, wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. If it seems to tarry, wait for it. I thought about that decisive moment. It turns out to be Jesus' last night on earth. He's had this meal with his disciples that we will commemorate and celebrate in a moment. And they've gone out to the garden. And he's praying earnestly that this cup of suffering might pass from him. That there might be another way out. But the soldiers come and arrest him they run him through this trial they begin to beat him and torture him and then they hang him on a cross to die i think if i had been in charge if i had the power of the father i think i would have said enough already he's on the cross he's saying my god my god why have you forsaken me i think i would have said okay enough pull him down save his life but god left him there on the cross and he died for three days it looked like Jesus was crazy and that God was not trustworthy God could not be counted on but then on the third day on Sunday God raises Jesus from the dead oh my idea was stop it save him now but God's idea was to allow it to happen so that he might save the world. Dr. Brian Spinks is a professor at Yale Divinity School. He wrote a commentary on this passage. I want you to hear a few of the lines he wrote. He said, the prophet made his protest at God's apparent silence in the face of woe and then stood watch in the continued silence god finally spoke perhaps in a manner and way that the prophet did not expect the father was apparently silent in response to the cry of despair from the son on the cross the son then had no option but to stand watch in the silence of death And the stillness of the grave. Only on the third day did God give an answer with a resounding vindication and act of love. Paul remarked, of God, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Dr. Spinks writes, Here is a reminder that God's grace. Is most effective when we have finished our protest and outrage and are silent. The God of surprises then acts in ways we could never have imagined. Amen.